I think it's really important to find people on your team that are doing what you're doing or that are doing what you want to do. Because a lot of the town planners out there, yes, they might have been to uni, but they've never done a development of their own or they may not have that passion about property investing that you have. So I think it's really important to ask those questions and find those right people around you. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Welcome to today's episode and I have a guest, a Diamond Wonder Woman, Leanne Peterson. Now, Leanne is a town planner and one of the reasons that she's here today is because the town planner is critical in the first instance to the due diligence process of any deal that is going to have anything to do with the land. I know that's a poor explanation, but you can clarify a bit later, Leanne. And there are town planners and town planners. There's ones that like often council, I know you have been a council planner, but just go by the book and and that's that. And But in due diligence, you really need someone that's a little bit more creative. You need a creative town planner because that's where the money is. Often they can find deals in a project that nobody else can find and so or opportunities. So that's why it's really critical to have someone really good by your side. So welcome, Leanne. And first thing I'll get you to talk about is really what your business is in around planning. Thank you, Bernadette. Uh, thanks for having me today. My business is a one-stop shop with town planning, so clients can come to me to find a project. If they don't have a project, I will do the due diligence for them um, in their conveyancing due diligence period. Then I will go on to do all the applications that are required, you know, handling everything with council and the other various government entities that they need approval from for their development, right through to project managing their development I think a lot of people forget about that part. They look at getting the approval, but they don't realise it's only the first step and there's so much more to a development that comes along with the rest of managing it all and meeting those conditions of consent. So I have a one-stop shop business where I can do all of those for my clients. That's awesome. And, And so in the first instance, There's things like some of the things that you look at are the minimum lot size. What else do you consider when you're, let's say you're looking at a micro development and you've got a house on Mm -hmm. a lot that's big enough to subdivide? Okay. First of all, I look at the zoning and the, the zoning gives you the permissibility. So each uh, council has the permissibility within each zoning and they will let you know what you can do within that zone and what you can't do. And then from there, they will have things like minimum lot size, floor space ratio, height of buildings, those types of things, any overlays that might affect the property 
They could be heritage, they could be flooding, they could be bushfire is a common one, aircraft noise, mine subsidence, those types of things. And all of those uh, overlays are quite common in the Hunter Valley, which is primarily where I work. And then from there, I would go on to have a look at the types of development that not only are permitted, but are the easiest to do. So sometimes there is something that, you know, you might look at the minimum lot size and think, oh, well, you could do a subdivision here, but it may be that it's difficult. You may have access issues with that. So it might be easier to do something like, you know, a small development deal. But with a micro development, they're the main things that I'd look at. I also look at the topography of the land and see whether it slopes to the street or whether it slopes away because if your property doesn't slope to the street, it can be more of a hassle. You may have to get easements to drain the water through somebody else's property. I also look at where the house is situated on the block because access to the rear, if it's not a corner block and you need to create a battle axe type of development, looking at the width between where the house is located and the fence line, vitally important because different councils have different requirements on the width that they like you to have for that. They call it an access handle, the driveway to the rear block. So there are even things like, you know, sometimes you need to put fire rating in a building if the building is too close to where that boundary line is. But there's ways that you can get around that by doing shared driveways, you know, having that access handle being owned by the front property rather than the back property, lots of things like that. So they're the main things that I would look at with a small microdevelopment. Awesome. I know we have that problem in Echuca. We're meant to have four and a half metres for that driveway and we've only got, I think we've got just over four metres and so... Mm. One of the workarounds is to not have openable windows on that side. So it means yeah. that we've got to take the windows out and reinstate the wall. And the thing is that the whole deal hinges on that. If you can't get access to your your new block, well then you've, you know, you've got an you know, you haven't you're not able to deliver the outcome that you want. So it's really, really critical to have a town planner on your team at that stage, even before you sign the contract. Most definitely. An example of that, Bernadette, would be I had a lady come to me a little while ago, a few months back, and she had been told by the agent that she could subdivide this block of land and she'd gone ahead and purchased it. And so she'd come to me after she'd settled on the property. And yes, she could subdivide it, but she could only subdivide it if she built two dwellings on the property. And she didn't have the money to do that. She only wanted to do one. She was an older lady. I tried to explain to her that, you know, she could go into a joint venture deal or there were other ways of handling that, but she she couldn't get her head around it. And it was really disappointing. That property now back on the market and she only settled on it in January. She's trying to recover her money. She can't do that. So, you know, if she'd come to me, Earlier in the process, when she just put her offer in and had it accepted, and or even before it was accepted, but if she'd hadn't had an offer accepted and come to me, we could have nipped that in the bud before she had 
gone ahead and settled on that and she would have realised that wasn't the right property for her. Yeah, and there are are things that you can do. Like when we were, uh, we did a project in Brisbane, we actually had a pre-DA meeting with our planner. So we actually went to council before we even signed the contract. Well, we'd signed the contract, but while it was conditional in order to check that and that's never like binding but it gives you a pretty clear indication of whether what you want to do can be done or not that's right and if it's something that isn't straightforward that might involve you know things like flooding or you know easements anything that's not straightforward I usually encourage my clients to book that pre-lodgement meeting with council Things do vary from state to state, but I know in Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland, most councils offer that service. A lot of them do charge a fee for that service, but by getting that, you will get the minutes of the meeting and they will give you everything that was discussed. And at that meeting, you usually have the relevant council areas that will be assessing your development. may not be that particular person, but it would be a representative from each area, like the engineers would come and look at the access and traffic component. You know, building surveyors might be there from the for the building component. So it's value for money. And even if it's $500, that money is well spent. Councils yeah. usually yeah. do like to see a concept plan. But if it's a subdivision, if it's a land subdivision, your surveyor can do a proposed plan of subdivision for you. Or if it's um, building, you know, someone like David Jansen would be able to give you a concept plan to be able to take to those types of meetings. And that is a service that I offer my clients. I go along with them and help them to interpret what council is saying and to ask the right questions so that you get the right answers. Yeah. Yeah, it is critical because otherwise you end up in a situation where, like your client or who you buy something that you can't do what you want with and then you're facing a loss to sell it or I would probably renovate it so I could at least recover my buying costs, but that's another story. And I think we did, we paid, I think, five fifty for the council and we did pay our consultants as well, but it was like it's, it's an insurance policy. It's an insurance against losing lots of money. So I think it's definitely worth doing. Yeah, that's right. It's a step forward from talking to the duty planner and the duty planner, you know, while some councils you will get good advice from, others you won't. And in the smaller councils, they do put a lot of their junior town planners on the duty counter. And I've had people say to me, you know, I call on a different day and I'll get a different answer. Yeah. Um, And it's only verbal, which is why the pre-lodgement meetings are are much better value. Absolutely. Yeah. Good value for money. Okay, so you're on site at the moment, aren't you? I am. I'm in Cairns doing a little project. So we purchased this property in 2019 for 275,000 with a little three bedroom house that needed no work. And I was renting it up until about two months ago for 50 a week. So it was standalone investment on its own, but we bought it knowing that we, with the zoning here, it's medium density, 
We could actually knock the house down and build units if we want to, but I looked at all the different scenarios and I feel that the best scenario, given the demand for properties and the demographics in the area, is to cut the house off, create a 600 square metre block at the back, which we have approval for. I'm just undertaking the works to complete the subdivision now and then we are planning to build a duplex at the back and that'll be two three-bedroom, two-bathroom dwellings. Yeah. Are you, are you still going with the NDIS plan for that or are you just doing that? Uh, no. Yeah. I, after researching into the SDA properties, I think there it is great and we definitely need more of them and they are a great investment if you're planning to hold. But after speaking to our accountant, we've decided to sell these and I think They're just easier to sell, you know, with the um, mass market Mm -hmm. and shortage of rental properties, the shortage of homes for first-home buyers in this area. So, you know, I think that had we decided to keep them long-term, we definitely would have built something in the disability arena. But given that we're planning to sell these straight away, we'll definitely just stick to, you know, standard build. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's So you and I often talk about the amazing deals you come across in the Hunter Valley. Do you want to just shed a bit of light on, you know, what the opportunities are from your point of view in the area that you work? Yes. Well, I work right across the Hunter and I've actually worked for four of the local Hunter councils, a few of them more than once, three of them more than once actually. (laughs) And so I know the areas really well and, I'm sure that a lot of your listeners and watchers would know that Maitland is the fastest growing local government area in the state outside Western Sydney. So it has had a lot of growth and Cessnock is not far behind that. So they've had a lot of what you call new urban release areas that have been released. So, and in those areas, a lot of those blocks offer opportunity for dual occupancy and dual living homes. So when I say dual living, some people call them dual living, some people call them dual key. With those, they have a secondary dwelling or a granny flat, which is a more common term, under the main roof. So if you want to rent, it's very similar to having a duplex, but you can get them approved under the state government laws and it's a very quick 20-day compliant development. You can't subdivide them like you can do with a dual occupancy. A duplex is a form of a dual occupancy. So there are lots of opportunities for those in new areas across the Hunter and there's a high demand for them. Yeah. The other yeah. thing is infill development. So the state government is very keen to see infill development and in areas like Newcastle and Lake Macquarie, even even in, you know, Maitland, Cessnock, Port Stevens, there are still some of the older blocks with large, large blocks with, you know, a little house at the front where you might want to renovate and if the rezoning, uh, if the zoning permits it, you know, quite often you can put a duplex at the back. So a very common one that, you know, I see them a lot, um, renovate a front house, create basically what I'm doing in Cairns, 
create a vacant block of land and then go and build a duplex, which can then be strata titled. So you're doing a subdivision within a subdivision. A strata titling is another form of subdivision. It's just not a land subdivision. It's a building subdivision. So, you know, I've seen lots of those opportunities. I see a lot of strata units that can be renovated and strata titled. Sometimes that involves moving the services because if they're really old ones, they may not have separate services. But those are things that you can do without too much of a problem most of the time. Sometimes you need to put firewalls and things like that in between the units. But if um, if that being built within a certain time period, and I can't remember exactly what it is, but if the units have been built within the last few years and that person and no one has kind of told them that they could set them up as a strata, a lot of investors that build units, they don't do the strata from the beginning because they don't want to pay more than one set of rates with council. But what really don't realise is that you can actually get approval at the beginning and just sit on that. You don't actually have to register that with land registry services until you're ready to sell. So I always say to my clients, get the approval up front while you can. That way, you you know, your builder knows that you need all those services separated so that later on you're ready to go. But There are um, provisions in the exempt and complying laws in New South Wales that if something has been built and approved within what, I can't remember how many years, say five years, and you can just go in and do the strata as exempt development in some cases. Wow. So that means that you don't actually have to go council you can get it all done with a registered surveyor and put it straight through to land titles. So there's lots of little opportunities around the hunter like this if you know what you're looking for. And these can be, you know, allow you to buy a block of units for, you know, say 800000 and and sell them for three fifty, four hundred thousand 400000 a pop if you can find yeah. them. And I do come across these from time to time. Right. And... I'm sure those who are listening or watching are getting the value of having a town planner, a good town planner on your team. And so on the weekend, we did a session on joint ventures. And that's something that you are now going to be offering as a service. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I loved watching that. I mean, since I've been involved with the School of Renovating, and then I think it's quite a few years now, and, um, it's been absolutely fantastic. I've really enjoyed the learnings. It's been fantastic for my business. But, Adet, you know, a lot of my clients are coming from your groups and, you know, that's been amazing. And this joint venture day was phenomenal. The advice that was given around the legal structures in particular, I didn't know much about joint ventures before I came and joined your group. In fact, I knew nothing about them when I think back. I'd been involved in one many years ago, but I was just a participant in a land subdivision and I didn't know too much about how the structure side of things worked and 
So having, you know, your experts, the legal experts and the accounting experts talk about how they need to be set up. I feel really confident now going into a joint venture. And for me personally, I think long-term, what I prefer to do is go into joint ventures where I can manage the project and I can help mentor people wanting to get into small developments that may not have the confidence to do so. And my services will be my share of the JV setup. So if anyone is interested in getting involved in something like that, please come to me. You don't need to have a project in mind. I'm happy to find a project. I'm happy to work with you and and see, you know, what you feel comfortable with. But if there is anyone out there that is looking, you know, to get involved in small developments and doesn't know where to start, particularly in the Hunter Valley, but, you know, even here in Cairns, there are some great opportunities. So feel free to contact me. We will include your contact details in the show notes. So that's awesome. And I think you've answered my question, but I'm going to ask it anyhow, because you've done a lot of training. You're obviously very experienced in, you you know, in small development, in everything that you're doing. And I was really, yeah, I, I guess I wanted to ask you, why would you come in to, to do a training if, if you're as experienced as you are? But yeah. Well, I think I remember when, you know, I first met you and went to your first one-day boot camp and I remember you saying to me, oh, I don't know why you're here. I'm not sure if I'll be able to teach you anything. But the main reason that I was there was, one, to find like-minded people, especially women. You know, I've worked in a very male-dominated sector, being involved in development for many years. And to find other women who are interested in renovating property, property is just my passion, I, all areas, not just development. I've done multiple renovations, as you know. Um, so it was primarily to find a group of like-minded people. The other thing, you know, I always knew, I was working for a council, I think, then, but always knew that in the back of my mind I wanted to uh you know, set up my own business and I knew that there would be people looking for my services out there. So that was another reason. But I have to say I've done lots of property education over the years and the one thing that that stands out is that you are so hands-on with your students and that sets your you and your courses above any that I've ever done with anybody else before. You know, that's something that you just don't get. And I think the value in that is, you know, unbelievable. And just to be able to network with other people that are doing different projects, you know, and the joint venture stuff, I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know anything about Airbnb. And um, as you know, that is something that's on my agenda as well. So, you know, it's been very valuable to me being a member of your community. Well, I'm really grateful for that, Leanne, because I know that we do an amazing job and, but, you know, it's, not, it's, it's great to hear it from you. But the other thing is the reason why I really love having people like you in our community is because you have taken the time and the money to learn our processes, that makes you a really good person to 
research and because we understand what our women are trying to achieve. And so I just think it's a really great synergy and I'm really grateful to have you in our community. Oh, thanks, Bernadette. I feel the same way. Yeah. And, you know, I do get some people come to me that have been part way through a project and they've been just dealing with a, a town planner or even a land surveyor if it's a subdivision and they just don't get that same level of service. They feel stuck. They don't, they're not mentored. And I guess you don't know what you don't know. And that's why I think it's really important to find people on your team that are doing what you're doing or that are doing what you want to do, you know, because a lot of the town planners out there, yes, they might have been to uni, but they've never done a development of their own or they may not have that passion about property investing that you have. So I think it's really important to ask those questions and find those um, right people around you. And there are a number of, you know, amazing people in your community that I've met that, uh, you know, are doing some fantastic stuff and they have great professional services. So, you know, I think it's really good to access those people within the community. Absolutely. And just one little observation I wanted to make. When we first met those many years ago, your goal was to get out of your job. And you've achieved that. So well yes. done. That is the holy grail. So yes. now it's the next phase and you are the perfect person to be heading up joint ventures. And, yeah, I wish you all, very, you know, like all the luck and you don't need nut luck, but, you know, I think that you'll do really well and I'm excited about it. Thank you so much, Bernadette. I really appreciate your time. No, no problems at all. Now, how, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, do you just want to just, we will include in the show notes, but you just want to tell us what the best way to contact you is? Sure. I have a website mm-hmm. and my website is 3pps.com.au. So that's P for Peter, P for Peter, S for Sam, number 3pps.com.au. And all my contact information is on there. I also have a Facebook page called 3P Planning Services. So I have a direct link through my Facebook page as well. So either of those ways. But anyone who is in She Renovates or the Wonder Women group, they will also be able to find my details on Facebook Messenger. And I'm happy for people to message me direct through there if they want me to send them my contact details that way. Beautiful. Well, listen, thank you, Leanne. You're a star and we love having you. And thanks for everyone watching. So if you're watching the recording, feel free to ask any questions or make any comments in the comments below the recording. I'm sure Leanne will be happy to respond to those. And have a good day. Beautiful. Thanks, Bernadette. Thank you. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.